up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. I'm your host, virtual marketing coach and fellow creative soul, Miranda Rodriguez. In this podcast, you'll get expert marketing guidance that you can implement on your own, and you'll learn how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast, episode number 111, Empowering Marketing. If you like what you hear, please be sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening, to leave a review so more people can find us, and to share this with your business besties. I know you guys have them, and I know you guys trade resources. So if this episode is helpful for you, please share it with a friend. Also, Most importantly, I have coaching slots available for the second half of the year. This is the perfect time to commit to achieving your goals and to leveling up your business. I don't know about you guys, but it takes me until June to to really get going, I feel like, in the year. I am learning that about myself. I really like to have a slower start to the year. I'm just not an active winter person. So, If you're like me and you are ready to get going and crush those goals, um, reach out to me. You can schedule a free 30-minute consultation at marketinguninhibited.com or send me a DM on Instagram. And for a lot of you creatives out there, um, it's important that you get marketing coaching on your calendar and into your routine now before things really start to heat up towards the end of the year with the holiday selling season. I know that can be a crazy time, so let's make sure you are as prepared as possible for this holiday season. Okay, as I've been talking about on here before, I've been doing a lot of networking. And last week, I had a couple in-person networking things Um and over the past few weeks, I've just I've just done a lot more networking probably than I have in like a year. And so, and I'm doing this for a couple of reasons. One, to boost my brand awareness of my business, Marketing for the Uninhibited and myself. Um, and then two, to practice my own marketing messaging, which is something I encourage all of my clients to do and I encourage all of you to do. Whether or not you're looking to grow your business, I do think getting out there and practicing your elevator pitch you know, practicing different ways to communicate what it is you do and what problem you solve for people. I just think it is is good marketing practice. Um, so that has led me to the topic today. And I did actually record another version of this episode. If you guys are listening in real time, it's Tuesday, not Monday when I usually release podcasts, um, be- because I chose to restructure and re-record this episode for you. Um, Originally, the episode had been called There's Nothing Wrong With You because I felt like a lot of the marketing messaging I I was seeing was playing into this idea that like there's there's a problem with you and here's with you, right? With you specifically, this consumer, and here's how I can solve it for you. Um, and so I started digging a little bit deeper on this topic, and that's what I'm going to talk about in just a little bit. So while I've been doing all this networking, I have also been really, really just observing the marketing messaging. I am being sold as a consumer, as a woman, as a business owner, and a stepmother. And I have to say, <laughs> surprise, surprise, I, I really don't love a lot of the messaging out there. Um, 
And so here's a marketing tip for you. When you see, do, read, or experience something that gets you fired up, even when, and especially when, you wholeheartedly disagree with that messaging, speak on it. Now, you don't have to like go into these networking groups and let these people know you disagree with their messaging, but you can do it in a more constructive way like here. Like I'm going to give you some examples of some disempowering or sleazy marketing messaging, and then I'm going to flip it and show you what that, how not to do that and how you can communicate in a more empowering way with your audience, right? So that's why we're here today to discuss the difference between disempowering marketing and empowering marketing. So to start, disempowering or sleazy marketing has three components. And now this is also important because so many of you come to me saying like, I don't want to be a sleazy marketer. I know I have to market my business. I know I need to boost brand awareness and get out there, but I want to do it in a way that is authentic to me. And this is one component of that, a very, very, very big component of that. So disempowering or sleazy marketing has three components. Number one, shame. Number two, guilt. Number three, fear. And to research this topic, I went back and watched the shame, guilt, guilt, vulnerability queen herself, Brene Brown. I watched her TED Talk about shame. I watched her, um, it's like a little short video. It's an animated video about empathy. And then I listened to a podcast between her. It's an interview Brene Brown conducts on her podcast, um, between Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle. And so I will link to all of these things in the show notes, but I do want to give credit to those sources as I begin this discussion today. So Brene Brown defines shame as the gremlin in our heads that says, "Uh uh-uh, you're not good enough. Followed by, who do you think you are? And we have all felt that, right? So she says shame is a focus on self and guilt is a focus on behavior. Shame equals I am bad and guilt equals I did something bad. And then fear is just that fear. Like I, I am scared of this happening, right? Fear is Let's just pull up a quick definition of fear because I did not do that right before here, but I want you to have that definition as we move forward. So fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. And this could also be hypothetical, right? Like I want to avoid this pain or threat, so I will do this other action, right? Fear avoidance. And so when we we put a marketing lens on these things, guilt-based marketing, according to an article on marketingweek.com, for marketers, guilt can be a very desirable emotion as it is an effective way to attract consumer attention, sell products, or even change the way people behave. So going back to guilt, guilt meaning I did something bad. Guilt-based marketing plays on that. The, the feeling, and we see this a lot in the food industry, in the gym industry, where you see things labeled as guilt-free snacks. You can have, you can eat this snack and you cannot, you don't have to feel badly about it. You don't have to feel like you did a 
bad behavior by eating the candy bar. So we see everything labeled as that, right? Guilt-free snacks. And then another another example is by people feeling guilty after the holiday season for eating so many holiday cookies and really indulging, right? There's the drinking and the cookies and the whatever else. Like, oh, I just fell off the wagon with my diet this holiday season. And and gyms, you see, will play on that and offer a discount. And they will talk about working off those holiday pounds or calories. Now, there is... (laughs) an entirely deeper subject here that we could go into about diet culture and body shaming, but I'm not going to talk about that today. So I just want to focus on on the guilt in the messaging of those things. So I think you're starting to get that. Whereas fear-based marketing is the strategy of marketing and creating an advertising around a customer's fears and insecurities, and then offering a solution to said fears and insecurities. So like on a commercial, you see a burglar breaking in. Um, And this definition I just pulled up on Google. I do not have an exact source for you guys. So it is not my definition. I got it on the Googles. Okay. Um, You can just Google fear-based marketing and I'm sure it'll pop right up. So Again, fear-based marketing is playing on the customer's fears and insecurities and then offering a solution to said fears and insecurities even when the customer hasn't experienced them yet, right? They're playing on the fear avoidance because we know that the customer is not going to want to experience having a burglar break in so they get the alarm system or losing money in a car accident because they didn't have insurance and so they you know, car insurance is probably a poor example, but you get what I'm saying. Or a lot of this, there's a lot of this fear-based marketing and parenting around the way you care for your kids, the products you you give your kids, the things you let them put in their mouths, the clothes they wear on their bodies, the chemicals they put on their skin. Like we see it in everything from like, I'm thinking of the Honest brand, um, talking about some of that is is empowering messaging by educating the audience. And some of it is a little bit fear-based, right? Like, oh my gosh, do you know what the chemicals are and some of these other like baby lotions and baby shampoos and body washes? You know, so it's just, it's some of this is the tone of the messaging as well um, and really how it's being communicated and what the intent is behind the messaging. And then some of it is just the strategy. Marketing can be sleazy. And it depends on the intention behind the message. So now let's talk about empowering marketing. Contrary to disempowering marketing, empowering marketing is... One second here. Empowering marketing has one component. And that is empathy. So if you remember, disempowering marketing has shame, guilt, and fear. Empowering marketing just has empathy. So Brene Brown talks about empathy, and she says it has four components. Number one, perspective taking, being able to see things from someone else's perspective. Number two, staying out of judgment. And this goes for yourself as well when it comes to being empathetic with yourself staying out of judgment. Number three, recognizing emotion in others. Number four, communicating that emotion. 
as a marketer of your own business in order to start recognizing and practicing empowering marketing strategies and implementing these strategies through our marketing actions, we have to first be able to recognize and practice them with ourselves. We have to like You have to practice empathetic marketing with yourself. That means that type of communication, right? Where perspective taking, being able to see something from someone else's perspective. And that could just be in your own mind, being able to see it from the perspective of like not shaming yourself for being afraid to try something new because understanding that when you used to try new things as a little kid, maybe you were shamed for that behavior, right? Like girls don't do that. And this comes up with women and men a lot. So just thinking back. So maybe there is an alternative perspective you can take in your own mind when it comes to some of these things. Recognizing emotion in others, staying out of judgment, communicating that emotion. So again, as a marketer of your own business, in order to start recognizing and practicing these empowering marketing strategies, you have to be able to first do it with yourself. And the weird thing about marketing your business is that the shit that comes up for you, the shit that stands in the way between you and your goals, the shame gremlins that come out when you're, like Brene Brown said, that come out when you're starting to take action on a a new product or a new idea, they also stand in the way of how you interact and communicate with your customers. That's what's holding you back. If you're not reaching your goals yet or Maybe you've hit a plateau or you've achieved a big goal and you're figuring out like, where do I go from here? Kind of figuring out your own upper limits as an individual. Sometimes it helps to be able to recognize and articulate the little shame gremlins in our head and then and then acknowledging them and like, I see you, but I'm not going to let you hold me back, right? I see you and I even understand why you're here and you're trying to protect me from doing something new and scary, but I'm telling you I'll be okay, right? So in order to fully step into authentically marketing your business, you have to know who you are authentically. Like that, that's it. That's at the root of authentic marketing is knowing who you are and what your values are because you and your business right now in this phase of business that you're in when you haven't yet hired out your social media, which I know some of you are actually starting to look into doing this. I have a, some customers that have already done it. Um, you are the voice. You are the face. You are so many different aspects of this business at this point, and it may grow outside of you and it will grow and take on, you know, your business will take on a personality of its own. And we've talked about that in the branding episodes I've done. But in the beginning, you are so interconnected to that brand. You can try as you grow to create distance between you and the brand by being able to articulate what the brand stands for, who you are and what you stand for. But especially in the beginning, especially for solopreneurs, you and your business are interchangeable, right? Now you don't have to be, that's a choice. But as an example of this, I want to give you Phil Knight. Phil Knight is, um, you guys, he's the founder of Nike. I recently read his book called Shoe Dog, um, and he he started out as a competitive runner, you know, all his life into college, and then he was 
you know, running for a coach whose name escapes me. He's a very famous track coach in Oregon um, where Nike started. And he and his coach was almost like more competitive than the the athletes themselves, right? He wanted to win. Um, so Phil Knight, having grown up as a comp- competitive runner, he could directly empathize with other runners. And that's how he started his shoe business. He initially started a shoe business in the basement of his mom's house. And he he sold the promise that his track shoe would help these at these competitive athletes win more races. So he sold the promise of more winning, which for a competitor, right? That's why competitors compete. He built a brand for and around winners because that's the emotional component he played to. He was empathizing with competitors. You don't compete if you don't want to win, right? So he built an entire company now And you can see it. You can follow the thread of who wears Nike, the type of people that buy Nike, the type of athletes that endorse Nike, the type of brand partnerships Nike has. They've been strategic in making sure over the years that winners or people who were trying to win, who were willing to risk it all to do the crazy thing, right? To just go all out in these competitions, making sure they were wearing a Nike shoe. So let's shift the focus to you for a moment. What type of people are you building your brand for? Especially if you have a vision of a business that grows grows in a lot of you now you have grown your companies you have storefronts you have expanded you have added on maybe different revenue streams or um just things like that so so what type of people do you want to attract remember that quote from Seth Godin people like us do things like this who are your people For Phil Knight, it was competitive athletes at an elite, like a champion level. What words do you use to describe yourself as a business owner and a creator? Are you solid in your conviction and your commitment to that idea you just told me in number one, what type of people are you building this brand for? Do you believe that? And is the messaging you use to talk about that, especially when it comes to yourself as the creator of this business and, you know, the product or service that you're selling, does your messaging reflect that belief? Number three, what words do your clients use? So this came up for me in a meeting and I I am guilty of repeatedly when people ask me what I do. I don't really do it now, but for a long time, when people would ask me what I I do, I would say, oh, I'm trying to build a business. Or I had a friend say that the other day. She's like, well, yeah, and you're here trying to grow the business. And she didn't mean it in a patronizing way. Um, But I noticed the language right away because that's something I've been working on. So, you know, 
And then, so in my head, sometimes I feel like even though I'm almost four years into my business and it has grown and it's supporting me and I've, you know, done so much with clients over the years and um, like there's so much proof there that this business is solid and is growing in a direction that I want it to. But I still doubt it sometimes, right? So recently on Instagram, I shared a a photo with a client and in her comment on that photo, she said, without your guidance, unwavering support and ability to think outside the box, none of my dreams would have come to fruition. You have been an integral part of my team and I am beyond thankful for you and your badass skills. Holy shit. That is a testimony if I've ever heard one. And I didn't ask her for that testimony. I didn't prompt her. I didn't guide her. That was just her her honest truth that she wanted to share with me and whoever else was reading those comments on that photo, right? And and I'm over here like in these networking events, like I create customized marketing plans, woohoo! And then she takes it so much deeper. This is why I tell you guys, if you have reviews, if you have clients that you work with that are happy with the experience that receiving or not, ask them for feedback. Because I bet they are using words that, and they're using words that are so much more colorful than the words we're using. But more importantly, the words they're using give you an opportunity to use them right back, to say, I, to empathize with them, right? What better way to empathize with your audience than to sprinkle in some of the descriptor words they're already using, So instead of me selling this little like four-week marketing action plan, what if I was like, this is how in my head, you know, so this is an internal dialogue. You know, one part of my brain is saying, I create customized marketing plans. And then the other part of the brain is like, no, bitch, we're over here changing the lives of creative entrepreneurs, one marketing plan at a time, one four-week marketing action plan at a time. That little four-week plan, which is, someone asked me the other day, like, what does that plan can include? And I said, it's a, to, it's a to-do list. It's a bullet list. It's a marketing to-do list. And all it does is eliminate the decision-making time entrepreneurs have to dispense, have to spend with their marketing, right? It eliminates all of the guesswork around your marketing because you've had someone that knows you and your business and your goals and your family come together and say, okay, follow these next few things for the next month. And that's going to move us closer to our goal. So do you believe what your clients are saying about you to be true? Because when I first read that testimonial, it felt like they were talking about somebody else. I didn't believe it. I just talk about marketing plans, right? No, I don't. But there was a part of my brain that said that. Like, she's not talking about us. We just just create a four-week marketing action plan. MBD, no big deal. So what words 
do your clients use to describe working with you? And then, like, a tangent for that one is, do you believe what they're saying about you to be true? And then number four, how can you shift your internal messaging to include more of the words your clients use to describe you? And this is where networking can be super helpful, especially when you're, you're playing with messaging and you're trying words on for size. Go out there, practice this new messaging, sprinkle in the, the big words that they're using to describe working with you. Let it go to that level. Make your promise that big because you're already fulfilling it. They've told you so. <clears throat> Number five, how can you shift your internal messaging to be more empathetic and empowering? Empowering marketing has one component, remember, empathy. So those are the same thing, right? And you can you could say your <laughs> Odin just came to visit us. Um, so to be more empathetic, like using their words in your messaging and more empowering by by being empathetic, not just playing to the shame and the guilt and the fear they may experience as a consumer of whatever it is you're selling. <clears throat> Number six, what belief systems are no longer serving you at this phase of your entrepreneurial journey? You have a decision here. You have a, a choice to make. What you think and what you believe about yourself affects the way you market your business. It affects how you show up daily and how you interact with your audience. Remember, the gremlins that you have are also standing in the way of you connecting with your audience authentically. Not, not entirely, right? A lot of you are, are doing this work and acknowledging these things and really showing up in a way that is aligned, um, showing up with alignment and intention and integrity in your businesses. So I'm not saying you're doing this wrong at all. I'm just trying to shed light on different types of marketing messaging because I have been seeing, not from my clients or anyone in my circle, but in some of these networking events, I've been seeing a different message. You have the power to give and receive empowering marketing messages. You deserve it and your people do too. And if you see a message that doesn't sit well with you, you have the power to use your voice to call it out like I am here in a very constructive way, right? In a helpful way so that you can take this with you and take action in your own business. So you have the power to use your voice to call it out or to lean into your boundaries and tune it out. You have, you decide. Okay, Odin has now taken my, my headphones out of my work bag, fantastic. <laughs> So if you, if, if you see a message that doesn't sit well with you, remember you have two options. Call it out, tune it out. That's the beauty of marketing, right? This is what, like I got to this conclusion as I was writing this outline and I was like, hell yes, this is it. If you are served a marketing message that doesn't resonate, you can just say, huh, guess I'm not their intended audience and move on. 
And also remember the same is true for your clients and the choice they make when they choose to receive your messaging. They either say, oh yeah, this resonates. I can relate. I feel like she's speaking directly to me. Or they don't. And they're like, all right, meh, not so much. You know, and that doesn't mean that they're going to unfollow you or unsubscribe. That could just mean in that particular post or moment that it didn't speak directly to them. And that's another thing, you know, like being okay with not all of your marketing messaging resonating with your clients 100% of the time. It's okay. What if your clients can disagree with you too? That's okay. And if they call you out sometimes, I think it's important to listen to that as well. And then you get to choose how you respond and how you take that on. Do you internalize it? Do you create shame, guilt, and fear? Do you judge yourself for that interaction? Or can you just take it as marketing feedback? All right, that's it for this week. I know that was a juicy one. Empowering marketing. Let's put more of that out there in the world because I'm so tired. I am. I was exhausted last week with a lot of the marketing messaging I was seeing around. So remember to focus on empathy. Stay away from the, the shame, the fear, the guilt in your own marketing messaging and also in the messaging you're choosing to pay attention to. I think we all deserve an empowering marketing messaging, whether it's about food or fitness or earrings or candles or marketing coaching or life coaching or, um, you know, like local artisan boutique shop experiences, whatever it is. I think empowering marketing, marketing based in empathy is the way we grow our businesses in an authentic way. Thank you guys so much for being here. I will be back with you next week. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode, including our daily journal prompts, short mini episodes to help you get your marketing mindset right for the day. And if you're ready to commit to leveling up your marketing skill set, to growing your business, and to changing your life for the better, visit marketinguninhibited.com to schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Now go kick some marketing ass.